Hey, what's going on, everyone? I'm your host, Adrian Chukliangi. Welcome to the St. Joseph's Capital Show, the home for faith-driven leaders and investors in pursuit of new streams of passive income through the tried and true asset class of commercial real estate. I have conversations with high performers, investors, and syndicators in the industry that are using their time, talent, and treasure to breathe life into and create eternal impacts in their communities. Our goal is to help you build relationships, learn about real estate investing and syndication, and level up one day at a time so that we can all become the best versions of ourselves. Now, let's get to the show. Receive your free access to our seven-day course, an introduction to passive real estate investing, which also includes access to our new ebook, 13 Advantages of Real Estate Syndications. Inside, you'll learn the basics of commercial real estate, how syndications can be a wiser alternative, a detailed example of forcing appreciation and increasing value on a multifamily property, and benefits of passively investing. Receive access to this course and the book by checking out the show notes or visit stjosephscapital.com. That is S-T-J-O-S-E-P-H-S-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com to start your investment journey. Um, our risk tolerance was a little bit higher because we had $100,000 in the deal. So we stuck it out and the, that team wound up dissolving. And so we had to pull together another team. <laughs> yeah, sure. So now we are, you know, October. So August, September, October, three months with one team. That team dissolves and we have to pull on a second team or another team. And it was like, holy night. Um, so we wound up with another team that it was that team that got it across the finish line. Um, but on the day that the second team dissolved, my husband and I made a list of about 35 people. He had come home from work that day. It was like noon. I'm still in bed. And he's like, well, I'm just glad that you're asleep and not drunk. Because at that point I was like, what, what are we going to do? We're about to lose $100,000. And what are we going to do? I'm just going to sleep all day for the next few weeks and potentially just drink all day. Uh, <laughs> because we were losing like two times my income as a teacher, right? <laughs> And I was like, yeah. whoa, this isn't going to, I have to go back to school. I'm going to have to go back to teaching. Um, it was just really hard. And that was the day that he came home and he was like, okay, get up, take a shower. Let's, let's, let's think on this thing. And yeah. we cried for a while. He cried. I cried. Thank, thankfully, it was generally not at the same time. So I could console him and then he could console me. Um, but after we cried for a while, we we're like, okay, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And we made a list. I've actually still got it up on my dress on my bookshelf over here. We made a list of about 35 people that we felt had the experience, the financial aptitude, like they had all the pieces that they could help us. And I just started calling people. And Jason pushed me really hard that day. And he told me later, he's like, you know, I'm sorry, I don't like to push you like that. But in that moment, we were business partners, not married. You know what I mean? We we weren't we weren't spouses. We were business partners. And I would call somebody and ask for help. And they'd be, okay, keep smiling and dialing. Because every time I heard that, it was like a slap in the face or a sucker punch, right? 
and call 15 didn't answer call 16 was the person that helped us Wow! and he like got the deal back on track he he is the reason why the deal got back on track and so i say all that to say make your list now of if things go south who can you call yeah who can you ask for help because i i don't know that i would have ever thought that this particular person that we connected that, I mean, we connected, but I feel like I connect to a lot of people, you know, when, when you're an extrovert, you feel like you connect to everybody, even if you don't. Um, and so I didn't realize that we had that strong of a connection. Like I thought we did. That's why he's on our list, but for it to really come to fruition because 15 people before him that I also thought I had that kind of connection with didn't pan out. So I was beginning to feel a little, uh, beat down and so when he was like okay can i call this person and find out what's going on i was like absolutely you can call this person and find out what's going on (laughs) and so he got on the phone and really just got the skinny on everything that was going down and he said okay this is where i think you are this is who i think you need to call and this is what you need to do and so we're literally on the phone or we're on the phone with him we're texting the loan broker and he's like okay Okay, no, 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 this is what you need to say. What, what, what's the response? Nope, that's not going to work. Say this. Okay, what's the response? Nope, that's not going to work. Say this. And so we're on the phone with him. We're texting this other person. And at the end of it all, we got back on track. We got the next team. Like, we got everybody signed on. We got all the LLCs in. We've got another GB team. And we start moving. And it was, I don't know, Frank... So Frank Catalano joined our GP team and he's also, he was also a middle school teacher. And I don't know what it is about, like he and I have been friends for a long time. I used to text him in the middle of the night and be like, I don't want to go to school tomorrow. I can't do it. And it's never the kids. It's always the admin. (laughs) So I was like, I can't do it. I just can't face another day of being told that I'm doing this wrong or I'm doing that wrong. And I just can't. And he say, you know, Angel, you're fine. You're going to do fine. Just you're you've got three months left. Just get it done. Um, <clears throat> get to the end of the year. His wife is still a teacher, by the way, she's elementary, but she's still a teacher. Um, and so he gets on the team and he kind of gamifies things because it was then a, a matter of, can I raise more than you? He's like, I don't know. Am I going to raise more than you? And finally there was traction to the cap raise. And so finally we get moving and Frank was amazing and he, he raised more than me to begin with, but he put a lot of his own money in to get the deal across the finish line. And the idea was that we were going to backfill. Um, that's actually the, that's how it works for a lot of people. And so what that means is the GP team comes together and puts a lot of their own money into the deal to get it closed with the knowledge and idea that they're going to continue to raise after closing to give people their money back. So maybe that's th- so maybe the GP team puts more money in and say like a short-term loan. And so they're going to get their money. They're going to get a backfill with interest because the cool thing too, is like we closed in December of 21 be- with the short-term loan. If somebody invested in first quarter, second quarter, whenever, when they bought in and backfilled the depreciation from 21 went with those shares. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So those are things you don't know, right? Here's another one. Yeah. If somebody comes in with a retirement account 
the depreciation does nothing for them. So what I learned about later was that you can partition out their depreciation and split it amongst the people that have shares that can benefit from, can benefit from it or for any backfill future, right? So anyway, I tell all that to say that by the end of it, my husband and I raised a million dollars on our first raise and we were able to backfill Frank along with some of the other GP team members that were also raising. But I did beat him. I wound up raising more than him after the backfill. There you go. So, but that was, I mean, it was such a crazy ride to get there. Such a crazy ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was hard. You know, we thought we had a loan product and then we didn't. And then we think we had one again and we didn't. And we think we had one again and we didn't. And it was hard. And we had put in another 75000 on an extension. And we were about to have some really hard talks with family because the first quarter of a million that we had invested for that Jason and I had raised was family money. So had we lost it? Oh, mostly Jason's mom and his sister, but um, those would have been really hard conversations. Yeah. So yeah, it was, I mean, I can smile about it now. I can talk about it now, but I couldn't smile about it then. And I surely couldn't talk about it because all I wanted to do was lay in bed and sleep. Yeah. No, I, that's such a, a wild, wild, amazing story. And it's, it's so good, you know, to hear just, you know, y'all's perseverance through that. And I know like that, that couldn't have been easy by any means. Well, and I don't think we didn't finish backfilling until was it March? I think it was March. Okay. So we closed December 17th and didn't finish backfilling until February or March. Wow. Okay. And now it's so that, that's why people say you're always raising. You're always yeah. raising. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. I mean, you know, just starting off with, you know, that, that, uh, that initial call you made to the broker and, and, uh, you know, don't, uh, you know, just having fun with them, right. For, for a day and, and seeing where that kind of led to and, and, uh, you know, just the, the perseverance through, um, you know, getting the deal back on track when, you know, things kind of seem to be, you know, falling apart in some way. And I'm sure like making those phone calls to, you know, those people that you had in your back pocket that you thought might be able to, to, you know, pull things through, you know, it, it took that 16th call. So I can just, I can't imagine, you know, the, the, the emotional ride that that must have been. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, putting, putting the family earnings, you know, on, on the table. It's like, you know, you guys are in, you guys are, you guys are invested. You guys are fully, fully engaged. Like this is, yeah. you know, this is, you know, all your guys' hard work. De- definitely, uh, you know, astounding to see the blood, sweat and tears, you know, poured into this and, and, uh, and uh, just a testament, you know, to you and, and your husband and, and uh, you know, the team around you and, and having that, that faith really. And that's kind of what I want to kind of jump into the next part of the show is um, just, you know, seeing how, you know, faith has been a part of your journey and um, you know, how, how you seen, you know, God, the man upstairs, you know, at work and in real estate investing and in, in business and, in, you know, the journey that you've taken so far, Angel. Well, so, you know, our, I guess our why, but really just one of our goals is, we want to have a foundation that educates and supports other families that have children or family members with rare diseases. When Anton was first diagnosed, there were 742 cases in the world. He's got a condition called Duke 15Q. 
if you've heard of Angelman syndrome or you've heard of Prater Willie, it's the same area. So it's the long arm of the 15th chromosome from like 11.2 to 13.1 Q in that area. It's the exact spot. If there's a deletion in the maternal copy, I believe that's the one that causes Prater Willie. If it's a deletion on the paternal copy, that's Angelman syndrome. Well, Anson doesn't have any, any deletions. What he's got is an extra chromosome with extra copies of that region on it. So it's like a little extra step stool in every single one of his cells. And it's a little bit of extra in the back and the front. He's like 11.19 Q to 13.3. So a little bit extra in the front and the back. And when we got that diagnosis, there really wasn't much that anyone could tell us. There's maybe 50 people in Texas that deal with it. At the particular hospital we were going to, the geneticist knew of one other family. And she wouldn't even introduce us. Because Anson, his his symptoms were so mild compared to this other family's child. Um, with with the with this um, condition, you can have profound autism. You can have, you know, irretractable seizures. You can have the intellectual disability. Well, Anson's got intellectual disability. Anson's got profound autism, but he doesn't have just the seizures. He's had, I don't know, maybe ten seizures his whole life. So we don't actually medicate for seizure activity. We have emergency meds in case of, but it can be super bad. You can have nonverbal, you can have verbal. I mean, there's this whole array of this disease. And so what we want to do is we want to have a foundation that has an endowed fund that runs it and funds it so that we can help out families through grants, through scholarships to be sure that they never have to deal with any situations like one we just went through. We lost Anson's insurance at the end of February because ABA is like a hundred thousand dollars a year. Now it's more than that. Um, we were halfway through the month and our bill was already 15,000 when his insurance had lapsed. And so we're on the phone with ABA and we're like, well, can we just prepay? I guess nobody's offered to just prepay 20, $30,000 for a month of services <laughs> because they didn't really know how to deal with that. Um, they were like, well, we're just going to pause his services. I'm like, can we prepay? We're just going to pause his services. I'm like, oh, whatever, fine. Um, <laughs> and so he wound up, he's been at public school for a few weeks now. We've got new insurance coming in. But um, we don't want any families to have to deal with that. If they get into a spot where they're in an insurance lapse, we want them to be able to write to us and say, can you help us out? Is there a program out there? We want to be those people that can help others when they have an insurance lapse or they have an underinsured issue where they can't get everything paid for because it sucks to be in the position that we have just been in. And the other, the other piece of that is it is so hard having typical children when you've got a special needs sibling because they're expensive. And even above and beyond the expense, it's that you can't just hop on a plane and travel. Not that that kills me. I hate to fly. So it's actually better, but we can't just travel. Right. And we can, but we have to remember to double diaper Anson because even though he's 11, he doesn't toilet. He's still in diapers. Um, we have to make sure we're keeping an eye on him. Even my husband just this morning was like, Anson's getting really skinny. And he was way overweight for a long time. So his endocrinologist is very happy at the fact that he's gotten thin. But we're looking at him and we're like, He's just skin and bones. He's not really skin and bones, but compared, you know, and so he won't tell us that he's hungry. He doesn't know self-care. And so to be able to hire someone 
that could be that 24 hour care that could say, Oh, it's two hours. Anson hasn't eaten. We need to make sure he's not hungry. Oh, he's losing weight. Let's not do water. Let's do milk. But to keep up with his nutritional needs, to keep up with his toileting needs, to keep up with his hygiene, those can be very taxing. And so our typical girls have, they've missed out on things because it's just been something that we really couldn't do when we have so many things and so much attention that needs to be diverted to their special needs sibling. So that that's one of the reasons why we want to have that foundation. And we couldn't have founded that through single families. Yeah. We, we haven't been able to found it yet. <laughs> we got some multifamily under, under our, under our wings now, but I would, I mean, in a few years, it shouldn't even be an issue. We should be able to do that. And maybe not even just for Duke 15Q families, maybe for families of any rare disease, because, I mean, we don't even get a cute name. We're not cancer. We're not, <laughs> we're not diabetes. We're Duke 15Q because it's literally a duplication of a piece of the 15th chromosome, <laughs> the 15Q, you know, the Q portion of the 15th. So we just we want to educate and we want to help. And it's, I, I don't know if it's just the teacher in me or if it's having our own little angel here on earth, but um, that's what we want to do. And, you know, kind of, it brings me back to a point in time. I can't remember if we had our diagnosis yet or not, but I knew something was wrong and I was upset because I mean, I, I don't know how you are with this, but I was raised with my grandparents. And so the way I see it is, we're the end of the family name. We need a boy to carry the name. Well, Anston can't reproduce or shouldn't. And so I was crying. I was like, Jason, I'm so sorry that I couldn't give you a boy. I'm sorry that I couldn't give you someone to carry the name. And he's hugging me and he's upset too. And he's like, you know, what if it wasn't Anson that was given to us, but us that were given to Anson. And that day, my perspective changed and we were gifted to an angel because that's what he is. He doesn't understand that some of the stuff he does is hard or that it's mean. I mean, he's not malicious. And so we were given that gift. Now, sometimes he doesn't feel like a gift, um, but we were given, you know, we were given to him and there's a hefty responsibility there, but at the same time, someone somewhere out there felt like we were the best people for that job. And that's pretty awesome. Wow. Wow. Angel. No, that's, you know, so powerful. And, and you know, it, it's the story of, of, you know, your family and, and, you know, having, having the gift of Ansem and, and, you know, Ansem having the gift of you guys as well to, to help him in his life and to, to serve him, but also, you know, I'm sure he's, you know, he's taught y'all, you know, so much as well. And, and, you know, what a gift, what a gift your family is, you know, to each other, but also to, you know, everyone that y'all are encountering through, through business and through, through the education field. And, and uh, yeah, I just want to thank you for, you know, being vulnerable and and sharing that with our listeners, because I know it's not easy to, to open up like that and, and to, to share your family and, and the insides and outs, you know, with, with everyone. But uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you, you know, for, um, for sharing that. And- everything about what we deal with with him has taught us persistence. And so I think about how hard it was to get that deal across the finish line. Yeah. 
And I've always been, ever since I was little, don't tell me no, because I'm just going to figure out how to make it a yes. <laughs> yeah. And so having him really enhance that persistence and that never say, don't tell me no. Don't tell me no, because you're just going to hate me when I get it turned into a yes later on, regardless of how far above your head I had to go. Um, so just let me, give me the yes now. <laughs> but I mean, like it was with insurance when we get a no and I just, I'd be like, okay, thanks. Hang up, call, call again, because you call enough people, you're eventually going to get a yes. Or you're going to get someone that tells you, well, this is how it has to be coded. And then I would call the doctor back and be like, okay, they're not, the insurance isn't accepting it because it's coded this way. It needs to be coded this way mm-hmm. and recoding it and getting it to the yes. But going through all those hours, upon hours, upon hours on the phone, getting Anson's medical needs covered. That was a whole different level of persistence and perseverance. And so, you know, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And I really, really, really believe it was what we've had to endure, getting him the help that he needed and the therapy that he needed. And every, all those little pieces that took so much energy dealing with those things helped us deal with what was going on when things were going crazy and we were on that roller coaster of trying to get the deal across the finish line. And I don't know if we would have had that same level of persistence if we hadn't been given Anson. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. No, thank you so much, Angel. It's definitely been just such a joy, you know, hearing you talk about Anson and talk about, you know, the, the journey that, you know, that, that he's been, you know, in, in your family and, and also the, the real estate journey as well, and how they've definitely been, you know, co-intermingled and, and, you know, play off of each other. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for just the time today and spending some time with me and, and recording some, you know, a, a, an episode on the show. And uh, uh, we're, we're coming to the end of it here, but I just want to give you an opportunity to, you know, share with our listeners, you know, where they can reach you. If they want to learn more about you or, or your, your business or real estate investing. Absolutely. So we've got a website. We have www.theacademypresents.com or I'm on LinkedIn and I respond to all of my own direct messages, private messages. That's me. It's not a VA. Um, (laughs) So it might take me a little bit to get back with you, but I will get back with you. (laughs) So um, just, you can find us either place. Amazing. Thanks, Angel. Thanks so much for being here uh, on the St. Joseph's Capital Podcast. It's been yeah, I really enjoyed learning learning from you and, and hearing your story. And I'm sure our listeners did as well. So I'll have to have you on again, you know, in the future. And I just want to say thank you to our listeners for another episode of the St. Joseph's Capital Podcast. Thank you for listening to the St. Joseph's Capital Show brought to you by St. Joseph's Capital. St. Joseph's Capital works with investors nationwide investing in real estate while also donating 50% of profits to assist missionaries who are committed to sharing the hope and joy of the gospel with high school and university students around the world. St. Joseph's Capital, creating impact, one investor, one missionary, and one student at a time. Connect with us online at stjosephscapital.com to receive free access to our new seven-day course, An Introduction to Passive Real Estate Investing, which includes our new book, 13 Advantages of Real Estate Syndications which you can also receive access for free. This information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only. 
it is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent laws that apply to these facts.